Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here from busybusinesswomen.biz and welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast. And we're on to episode 26 today and I'm super pleased to have Ellie Hurley from Nudge Marketing with us today. Now, Ellie is a chat bot expert and I came across Ellie a while ago when I was watching a free Facebook Live she did with the very wonderful Samantha Riley. Then recently, I was listening to an Amy Porterfield podcast where Amy was interviewing Andrew Warner from botacademy.com and he was talking about chatbot conversions versus email conversions. I found the numbers staggering. Now, he gave quite a few examples, one of which included some work he did for a client who was running a webinar. They had 857 people that registered for the event and they had the option to receive an email message that would send them a reminder before the event or the option to get the reminder via Facebook Messenger. Now, the people who got the email, 42% of them opened the message versus a whopping 82.7% who opted for the chat. Now, let's be clear, 42% is a great email open rate to start with. I would be very happy with that. So when you virtually double that open rate, we're talking really impressive numbers. And that's when I realized that chatbots need to be a part of my business and when I absolutely had to ask Ellie onto the Busy Business Women podcast and also to run a Shine Masterclass for my clients. So let me tell you a little bit about the very wonderful Ellie. Ellie's the co-founder of Nudge Marketing, which is Australia's number one authority in messenger marketing and chatbots. You know I only bring the best to you, listeners. She's a self-confessed geek and a highly sought-after digital marketing strategist who has invested in some of the brightest marketing and business minds in the world. As a fellow business owner, she understands what it's like, the good, the bad, and the downright ugly, and her mission is to empower SMEs to leverage modern marketing tools to save them time, reduce their stress, and increase their income. She's a self-confessed geek who loves dogs and the outdoors. Her coffee choice is latte with one or a pure blonde beer or a nice cold glass of NZ Sav Blanc if the time's right. I've completely fallen in love with Ellie Hurley just on that last few uh, points. And so it gives me great pleasure to welcome Ellie to the Busy Business Women podcast today. Hey, Ellie, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's my pleasure, Faye. I'm really looking forward to this chat today. Oh, me too. I don't think we're going to come up for air. You're one of the easiest person people I've met to talk to. So I'm going to be very mindful <laughs> of time. I, you know, for any of our listeners, um, and if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know I get carried away and go for all manner of tangents. But I will try and retain, restrain myself today and get through the bucket load of questions I've got for you. So let's get started. Now, yep. I want to talk about your business journey to begin with. You didn't start your career doing anything that was remotely aligned with marketing, did you? No, I didn't. No, not at all. So I've heard on the grapevine or via some stalking that you actually started out in the police force. And (laughs) I love examples of how people have made significant career changes because that's what my first business outshine consulting is all about. So tell me, how do you go from being in the police force to becoming a chatbot marketing expert? 
Okay. Yeah. I think it is a bit of a jump and <laughs> it's just, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? I sort of, I, I, I did the, I need to wear a uniform. I want to wear a uniform. And, and I did that, which was lovely. And I loved my time in the cops, but yeah. sort of towards the end of it, I um, started doing a lot of personal development. And one of the things that I sort of came in touch with was NLP. So neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, and I completely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I ended up doing was taking that all the way through to trainers training level, but I knew I didn't want to just be someone training other people about NLP. So I left the cops and I set up a coaching practice and you know what it's like with NLP. There's so many different things that you can do and you can help them with so many different, well, just about anything can be solved with NLP. And I thought people would be knocking my door down and I was just going to be flat out busy from day dot. And it was, you know, I had a few people coming through the doors, but it became crickets a little bit too quickly. And I sort of thought, you know, what am I doing wrong? And it wasn't until I actually niched into a weight loss um, program that things started to happen. So I guess from a business perspective, it was a case of, wow, something's just happened here. And a lot of my friends and people that I trained with saw what I was doing as well. And they went, hey, you're actually starting to get really busy. How are you doing it? So I started consulting them with the marketing aspect and sort of the automation and systems which is, I guess, kind of my second love. I'm a self-confessed geek. And I sort of transitioned from the weight loss, which can be quite um, unsatisfying at times. It's really difficult to get clients to follow through Mm. into marketing. And I just loved it. And it's just been a transition sort of going through the different things that have come up over the last sort of six or eight years. And, you know, messenger marketing and chatbots is all about conversation. I'm a people person. I love helping people. So I'm just sort of... I guess for want of a better term and being a copper, it's going to sound a little bit cliched, but I'm a little bit like a pig in shit because, you know, <laughs> it's, um, you know, chatbots are giving me everything that I want to be able to do. I love it. Oh my God. Pig in shit's great. I love that to start with. <laughs> How freaky, because I felt like I was practically listening to my own story at the start there because, you know, I got heavily involved in personal development, then went on and yep. did my NLP practitioner training, didn't go as far as you, but yep. set my own practice. Uh, coaching practice up and as you said with NLP there's so many things you can help people with so there I was having gone from well-paid corporate career on the Friday to Monday being my own boss thinking that I would have loads of clients and just like you the crickets um all the crickets and I've talked about this a lot in various different forms, but also on the podcast before. And my listeners will know I love a good rant about niching, but I love that you've brought that up because your experience and mine are very similar in the sense that until we niched, business was really bloody tough. And I think a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of business owners are out there thinking that they need to keep that net wide so that they get more clients and they're struggling. And actually it's completely counterintuitive. So thank you for sharing that with us uh, because, you know, we both know that it can be a very difficult path to go down until you bite the bullet and do what everyone's telling you to do and actually niche. (laughs) And I agree with you on the weight loss thing as well because I coach some people on weight loss and far out that's tough gig. It is. I'm glad you moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, Otherwise I wouldn't be talking to you today. Exactly. So I'm so thrilled that you're doing what you're doing now. So on that point, you know, you've been running Nudge for nearly four years now, which is really exciting that you've got a birthday to celebrate very soon. Mm -hmm. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced in your business during that time and what have you done to overcome them? Hmm. Okay. 
I think the probably the biggest challenge was actually finding and being able to art, um, articulate our point of difference. Yep. It's, you know, it's one thing to say that you're a marketing consultant, but at the end of the day, what the hell does that mean to someone that's in business? Yeah. So it was a case of just, um, I guess, rolling with what was going on and listening to what people were after. And because of all those different aspects, um, it was really difficult for people to know where to start with the marketing as well, because there's a ton of tools in the toolbox that they could use. So I, I guess going back to, you know, even my NLP days, when we were actually able to niche into chatbots and messenger marketing, um, that gave us the point of difference that we needed to really be able to punch through all the noise that was out there from a, a consultant's point of view. And, yeah. you know, when we've, we've sort of fully pivoted into that in about April last year, and since then, um, you know, we have become known sort of as the chatbot and marketing, uh, messenger marketing experts here in Australia, which is really cool. It, yeah, really, really cool. Um, and I love, uh, what I'm thinking as you're talking about that is I'd love to know how that's felt for you. You know, we talk about it theoretically being a smart move, but in niching and getting so clear on your point of difference there, how has that made you feel as a business owner? Do you know what? It, it just it, it just lifts all of the heaviness from you because all yeah. of a sudden there's that clarity and you know exactly what it is that you need to be talking about. You know exactly who it is that you're going to be talking to. And I guess more importantly, you know exactly what you're going to get up and do every day. When yeah. you're sort of doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and being a jack of all trades, it's really difficult to stay on top of your game and you get to a point where you sort of start to burn out because you just can't keep up with all of the stuff that's going on out there. Yeah, you know what, I know there's going to be a lot of nodding heads from our listeners right now and I think, um, you know, what's coming to mind when you're talking about that is that you've you've made business simple. That's not to say that it's easy but when you've got that clarity what you get up and do every day becomes a lot simpler and you're much fo more focused. And I'm, I'm guessing that you're probably getting much better results as a result of that. Yeah, it's, and it's so much easier because you're able to systemise sort of, I guess, one strain. Um, you know, there's a saying in, in business that, you know, you can either be a, a mile wide and an inch deep or you can be an inch wide and a mile deep. And yeah. having sort of taken that avenue, um, you know, life's just got a whole lot less complicated. I love it. I hope that everybody listening today really takes that on board. And, you know, I'm still fine-tuning that, but far out, if I look over the last 11 years, um, I've definitely gone down the same path as you in terms yeah. of getting that focus and clarity. And it does make a huge difference. It really does take that weight off your shoulders. So for any of our listeners that are sitting out there feeling like they've not niched yet and got really clear on their point of difference and what their, their business is really about, spend some time doing that because it will pay you dividends in the long run. And mm. now we've talked about um you you know you're you're big uh, you've got a big thirst for learning um you're heavily invested in personal development you work in a very dynamic fast-paced industry which most of us struggle to keep up with there are consistently things changing right how do yep. you keep up with that how do you stay on top of your your industry um look I guess the first thing I'm going to say is it it's hard to yeah. to stay on top of it but I'm, I'm just so obsessed with it and that makes it a whole heap easier. So I guess some of the things I do which may help other people, um, first and foremost, I use Google Alerts and 
Um, For people that don't know what Google Alerts are, it's a way that you can set up um, keywords within Google. So anytime anything comes up on the web that Google has indexed, you can opt to have an email as soon as it comes up, once a day, once a week or whatever. Um, And I've found that that's been really beneficial in staying ahead of what's going on with certain things. I've got keywords set up for things like chatbots, messenger marketing, um, conversational conversation and things like that. So And also our company name, Nudge Marketing. I think it's important that you sort of keep an eye on what's being said about stuff that's going on. Um, Mm. I'm also an avid podcast listener, like all my downtime, if I'm in the car, doesn't matter if I'm going somewhere for 10 minutes or 10 hours, I've just got a list of podcasts that I sort of plug into and play. And I subscribe to sort of various blogs and just continually watching what other people are doing in the industry. Um, You know, a lot of people try to keep things close to their chest. But one of the things I found is when you develop relationships with people that are your competitors, as well as people that are sort of before or after you in the customer journey for your clients, and you speak to them, it just gives you a great understanding of what's going on and, and sort of how it all fits into place. So completely agree. And I think also it positions you as an expert because when you're able to show that you're collaborating with other people in your industry or you're sharing information from other sources and not just your own, it shows that you're on top of your game, you know what's going on, um, rather than feeling like the only person you can talk about is yourself and your business. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's 100%. You know, like we were talking before the podcast went, you know, before you hit record. And um, we just I've just come back from Europe. And one of the things that we actually were up there for was the fourth annual chatbot summit. And, you know, that was an amazing experience to sort of be in a room with 1500 odd people over, you know, people that had displays talking to the people developing the software through to the gatekeepers from Google and Facebook and and then businesses yeah. that are using them from big enterprise, you know, um, banks and airlines and stuff like that through to smaller companies that started out as startups or, you know, like solopreneurs and things like that. And just hearing what they're doing and how they're using them was just amazing. And it's being at places like that and, and sort of just putting yourself in amongst it is where you're going to pick up all that information and give you the ability to stay ahead of the curve. I bet your to-do list is long now that you're back with all of that um, brain <laughs> soaking up. Sadly, it is quite long, but it's <laughs> it's also colour-coded as well. So I've got the green for the must-do now. I've got the orange for sort of semi-urgent, and then I've got the red for when I get around to it. So... Oh, I just love you. You're just, you sound so organized. It's just totally my world. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about hindsight. If you were to start your business again from scratch now, is there anything that you do differently? Because I think that um, there's a lot of value in looking at hindsight and yes, there will be learnings that you've had from those mistakes and maybe you'd still want to go through them because you wouldn't get those learnings. But there are things that you and I have done in our businesses that if we were to share them, we can save other people pain, right? So is there anything that you would do differently second time around? There's three things that I'd do differently. The first one is I would set up my systems and automate what I could as soon as possible. Yeah, And I'd do that for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, it would allow me to handle the growth spurts and sort of grow at a far faster rate than you can when you're sort of doing everything and you're in the trenches. Yes. But it also means that you're better organised so you're not letting people down. Um, and I guess if I was to think about that going back, because this is a question I have with a lot of my customers, is, you know, how do you actually make that decision? How do you decide what's the right thing to be using? And what I get people to do now is I get them to look at what their current needs are 
and then I get them to look at what their projected needs are in sort of 12 to 24 months. And you don't need to go further afield than that because software and technology is just changing so quickly these days. Yeah. And then I'd just see if I could stretch my budget to be able to invest in the software that I need to be able to handle where I'm going to be in sort of 12 to 24 months time. So system yeah. and automate would be the first thing. The second thing yep. I'd do is I'd charge more. I'd charge what I'm worth yes. from the get-go. Um, and you, know, you responding like that, I think it sounds like you've been <laughs> in this exact same place because, yep. you know, you know what you're worth and you charge based on the results that you're providing, not on the hours that you're doing for people. And it's funny because I sort of think back to clients that have given me the biggest headaches and have been the most demanding and they've always been the ones that have battered me down on price and I did it too cheaply because I wanted the work. So yeah. now I've got my pricing structures in place and I really deviate from it. And you know what? When I have once or twice, it's always come back and bitten me on the butt. So Oh, yes, yeah. completely agree. Yeah, yep. I'm nodding furiously. <laughs> You've got to charge what you're worth. And then the third thing is I'd learn to say no more often. Yes. Um, you put a post up actually not so long ago, and it was in relation to protecting your energy. Mm. And I think as business owners, it's really easy for us to fall into a trap to say yes to people constantly. Yeah. But I've kind of turned it around now because every time I say yes to someone else, I'm saying no to myself for something else because I need to put time into that rather than time into what I need to do. Yeah. So what I do is if whatever I've been asked to do isn't going to move me closer to my goal, then I'm going to say no to them because it just becomes a distraction. It could be a no, but I can do it in three months or no, but how about we have this conversation again next week? But yeah. it's not a yes and then pull my hair out and stress about how I'm going to find the time to do it. Completely. Um, you know, how much more in control do you appear to be as a business owner when you can confidently say no to something? And like you say, even if you say it's a no now, but let's review in three months, um, yep. you know, I think it shows that you're in control of your time. I talk about um, as uh, business owners or anyone for that matter, uh, it's like being in a war and you've got the general and the tank operator and the tank operator can fire off as many rounds of ammunition as they like but if the tank operator's not sorry if the general's not telling them where to fire then the whole day can be wasted but unfortunately yeah. a lot of people don't run their day like being in the a general in control of their time they let other people dictate where they spend their time and so they are saying yes to everyone else above and beyond themselves mm. and that has serious repercussions um, and it some sure does more than others so I love that. They're three really good points. So systems, automate quicker so you can grow faster, charge more from the get-go and yep. say no are two awesome snippets of insight and, um, you know, hindsight, sorry, that I completely agree with. So thank you for sharing those. Pleasure. Now, I want to make sure we've got plenty of time to talk about chat box. Um, yep. As I often talk about, uh, quite frankly, lots of my masterclasses and podcasts are self-serving because they're on topics that I want to know more about and chat box is definitely one of them. So yep. let's talk chat bots. Can you cool. first of all explain uh, what chat bots are for anyone that's not familiar with them? Maybe they've been sticking yep. their head in the sand and give us a snapshot of why they're so awesome. Cool. Okay. So, I guess the simplest way to describe a chatbot, it's a way to automate conversations that you're having with other people based on actions that they take or triggers that you've set up like keywords or rules, which will then take them down a specific path. Um, okay. You know, 
I joke about Pixie, our chatbot, as an example of being our best team member ever because, you know, she never takes time off. She never wants a pay rise. She doesn't suffer from PMT. She never has a bad mood. And she's there 24-7. And she's always greeting and responding and directing people to where it is that they want to go. And that's essentially why they're so awesome because the conversation flows and it's Mm -hmm. dictated by the user, not by you've set it up. It's um, it's set up based on conditional logic. It's not machine learning. It's not AI where the computer's sort of reading a person's mind and knows what they're thinking and what they're going to ask next. It's set up based on um, keywords and different things that you're expecting them to ask or respond to. And so what happens is it gives the control to the user from the get-go, and that really helps. So I think probably the easiest way to explain a chatbot is to use a visual, and I always use a tree for this. So you happy for me to sort of go through and explain this? Would love you to. Thank you. Cool. So the first question that you ask somebody with your chatbot is the trunk of the tree. Okay. And this is where you sort of give them different answers to respond to. So, you know, thinking about your audience here, for example, a whole heap of business owners. So a question that would be really relevant for them would be, you know, what's your biggest challenge in business right now? And then most business owners will typically answer getting more leads, making sales, time, or technology. Yeah. So what you do is you give them those four choices, or there could be another button as well for other. So you'd give them those choices, and based on the choice that they would make, would base the sort of conversation to go down a different path. So they become the branches of the tree. Uh And every time you ask another question, it branches off again. So... Let's say they responded they wanted to get more leads. So you would then ask them questions in relation to perhaps what they're currently doing. You know, are they currently paying for leads or, you know, um, paying for marketing or is everything they're doing um, time-based and organic? And then that would set up another set of branches. But what it's doing is it's getting data for you because it's collecting this information along the way. You can see what people are doing. And so you can segment them and then pre-qualify them and then put them into sort of different buckets and then follow up with them based on their choices. And I guess that's why I personally find them so um, sort of endearing, I guess, as a word I would use, because it's the closest thing you're going to get to having a personalised conversation with someone that you're not having a personal conversation with. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, um, I might go off on a bit of a tangent here, but one of my first sort of experiences of chatbots, I just felt like, um, you know, it was poised as if I was talking to a real person, but I knew I wasn't. And what I've seen people do really well now is to be very upfront with, hey, look, you're not talking to a real person. I'm not pretending that as a business owner, I'm here right now, um, but I, I can help you. And that's made my view of chatbots very different. Um, yeah. And I've had some great conversations and I love the analogy that you just used with the tree because that, for someone who's highly visual like me, uh, that's just put everything into a really clear picture for me. So that was awesome. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm pleased that's helped for you. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you. I think I also, just to kind of draw back to the point that I was talking about in the introduction, which I know you've not heard, Ellie, but... Um, Andrew Warner, who run, as, you, as you would know, runs botacademy.com. Yep. Academy. Yep. In his Amy Porterfield uh, podcast, he talks about the conversion rates of email versus messenger, which oh. just the, the difference in numbers is huge. Yeah. Um, and I know for me when, say, for example, somebody joins my Facebook group, 
I then welcome them and start the conversation off. And in fact, it's almost word for word what you just went through with the chatbot. Okay. I'm doing it manually. So, yes. you know, when lots and lots of people are joining and you're talking about thousands of people in a group, that's really quite time consuming. So my, you know, I'm super excited. My to-do list is going up already because I know I need this in my life. And that's why we've got you here today. You do. I guess one little thing that I might point out there, and this will change, but unfortunately chatbots can't be used in groups at this stage. Oh, okay. So just pages. It's only pages. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and then they're sort of on your pages and then you can incorporate them into your website and stuff like that. So um, it will come. I think it will come eventually. Um, yeah. Facebook have started testing where you can have mini conversations with um, people within your groups now. Ah. And I think that's kind of the first sort of step towards seeing how things are going to go in relation to that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Mm. So let's talk about the type of businesses that can benefit from chatbots. Um, do you, are there any particular benefit, uh, sorry, any particular businesses that chatbots are really made for and should have as a staple in their marketing or can anybody use them? anybody can use them. We haven't actually found a business. We've had a couple of people that have come to us and said, nah, we can't use a chatbot in our business. And we've sat down and gone through, um, you know, where their gaps are and where they're struggling. And we've been able to insert a chatbot in that particular point. A chatbot can be used pretty much at any time of a customer journey. So there's lots of different um, ways that it can actually be utilized and incorporated into a business. It's not necessarily just within the marketing aspect of it. Some people use it for customer service. Like they have maybe, you know, half a dozen or a dozen frequently asked questions that they get, you know, 10, 20, 50 calls a day for. And they've been able yeah. to set a chatbot up. So what that's doing is it's freeing up the human's time to be able to do other more meaningful stuff. And yeah. the chatbot's answering the question on their behalf. Um, I think a great example of this actually is Air France. They've created a chatbot called Lewis. And his, whole, his sole purpose, or Louis, his sole purpose is to answer questions relating to luggage because that is, it's been a bane of anyone that's traveling, you know what it's like. Yeah. And um, so what that does is it's reduced their customer complaints. It's stopped all of the issues that they were having at check-in with people. And it's just decreased the amount of time people have had to spend on the phone answering the same questions over and over again. How good is that? It's just saving money all over the shop, right, for that business. It is. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, it can be used for lead gen, but it can also be used to, to qualify leads to find out if it's something that they need immediately and therefore they need your attention or if it's something that they yep. need in a month's time. So you then put them into the follow-up bucket. Um, yes. You can book appointments and you then can set a follow-up sequence into place, um, which I use every time I book an appointment with a client now. And my show-up rates have just gone through the roof. You know, I'm not having to reschedule appointments anymore because people are getting messaged by Pixie and yep. now they're ready and waiting for the call. Well, I've been through that experience with you when we booked in to have a chat to see if you'd be interested in doing the podcast and the Shine Masterclass. And it's awesome, yep. you know, because I obviously have clients booking into my diary and I've not even realized you could use chatbots to do that. So I have yep. Calendly and they're booking straight into my diary. I don't have to, you know, literally talk through a conversation on what day and time do you want. But yep. your sequence and setup is way above what I'm doing. And it was seamless. It was really yep good so I love that okay so heaps of experience with chatbots of course because you're Australia's number one in this space yep. what are the top three tips you can give someone who's keen to leverage the power of chatbots in their business but they're freaked out by the tech side 
and you know maybe they're procrastinating because they just don't know what they're doing or where to start okay so the first thing i'd suggest they do is actually look at what they're currently doing in their business and yep. identify where there's some gaps or where they're spending a whole heap of time that they don't necessarily need to be doing so okay and then start with just one idea so just pick one thing from that um, what they've identified and do that first so it's a case of planning and strategizing. And I think this, where, this is where a lot of people with automation and technology go wrong. They sort of dive in, start using it, come up for air and go, crap, that's not exactly how I thought it was going to work because they didn't plan to begin with. So there was sort of no end sort of point on the wall for them to be heading towards. And they sort of just ended up sort of wiggly piggly all over the place. So just start with that first idea. And build the whole thing out from start to finish for the first idea. And then once that's working, then you can look at other places that you can incorporate the chatbot into the business as well. Yep. So that would be the first one. I love um, that because I think um, people get uh, sort of yes, the shiny sparkly syndrome. So, oh, yeah, yep. I want, I'm going to set up a chatbot. Let's jump in and do that. And like yep. you said, they don't plan, they don't strategize. They just get excited about the idea, the shiny sparkly thing, and then wonder why yep. it didn't work for them. So it's reining ourselves in and really planning. And I'm a big fan of planning. So I think that's a great point. Oh, yeah. And I think, and it does, it makes a massive difference because I'm actually working with a couple of clients at the moment that have had many chat accounts for sort of as long as I have, and, and they've done nothing with it, though, because they sort of set it up. It didn't do what they thought it was going to do, and then it sort of just got put on the back burner in the back end. Yeah. And a whole heap of their customers that have gone through it are sort of like, you know, what's going on here? Because they're not getting the responses that they need to be getting. So yeah. it is really important. I think the number two thing that I would say is, you know, you've got to find someone that knows what they're doing and, and learn from them. Go into yeah. chatbots, actually go in and take other t- chatbots for a test drive and see what other people are doing and how they're using it. Because, you know, in all honesty, the tech side of the chatbot's not all that hard once you know what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can create a spreadsheet or you can write an email, you can build a chatbot is what I say to people. I used to use the IKEA example, but a lot of people used to put their <laughs> hands up and say they couldn't put IKEA together, so I've stopped using that. Yes, yeah, avoid that one. <laughs> <laughs> um because, you know, the software is actually all there. It's been built. And basically all you're doing is putting content chunks into the right boxes and then just, I guess, adding those all together and building that together. It's like putting a Lego um, a Lego building together. It's, it's building blocks that you put one on top of the other. Well, you've just given hope to heaps of people, I'm sure, because if you can write an email, you can work on an Excel spreadsheet, then chatbots are not above and beyond you. And there is hope for us all. So thank you for that. That's all right. And look, in all honesty, the third one is if you're a complete technophobe, get someone else to build it for you because you've got plenty of other things to do and worry about in your business. So, um, you know, there's lots of people out there. It's something we do. There's tons of people out there that will actually build chatbots, but you still have to have a hands-on approach to it because a chatbot is an extension of your business. It's almost like an employee. So it has to have your brand voice and it needs to really speak the language of the business. So, um, you know, you do have to make sure that you are a little bit selective with how you do that. 
Yeah. I think it's wise to know where your strengths lie. And I know this is a topic that for some people um, might be a little bit scary, but they know eventually they could get their head around it. And others, they will just procrastinate over this forevermore because it's just not their bag or cup of tea. And I do think it's really important to recognize where you should outsource where versus where you should invest in, like you say, learning, test driving and getting your head around it. Um, This is something that you need to still have your fingers, you know, fingertips in if you're going to outsource but yes. nevertheless if this is frying your brain then go see someone like Ellie and get it done for you because your life will be much more enjoyable that way <laughs> it sure will yeah. yeah but you make a really valid point there and you know I encourage people to ask questions I've always been a question asker all my life and I can ask the dumbest questions sometimes but the answer I get is gold because it just makes everything else fall into place and yeah. it's something that I think people are really fearful of because they don't want to look stupid but you know when you're in business you can't be expected to know everything so if there is something that's sort of you know making you think well why do I have to do that or why would I want to do that yeah. or how do I do it ask the freaking question because if you don't ask you're just harming yourself and you're just going to end up sort of thinking about it again when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning completely agree I was talking to um, Jenny DeLacy on episode 24 who's a video marketing specialist and um, I asked her about you know mistakes that people make and we had a conversation about why people kind of hold back from video marketing and it's often because the tech side kind of bamboozles them which I draw a lot of parallels with what you do and also in me setting up this podcast I didn't know what I was doing so I procrastinated for ages because it just felt too hard and it's one of those things that the longer you put it off for the bigger it grows in perceived complexity it's like Parkinson's law you know it just gets bigger yeah I'm sure that you get that all the time do you find people come to you eventually where they've been procrastinating for so long because they thought that this was going to be too damn hard and eventually they ask the question get some help you know like you say they might ask the question that they think is really silly but get the outcome that they want they actually get their head around it and can do it and they're quite surprised by the outcome oh a hundred percent and it's just so funny to watch because you can see the light bulb come on and it's just it's the most amazing feeling for you um and it is for them as well because all of a sudden they just go oh my god I wish I'd asked that so much earlier and you know when I said that anybody can do this we've got people in our academy from 13 to about 78 and oh wow and they can you know and they're all in there and having a real solid go about it the 13 year old's actually there because she's helping her mum out but um she's she's just picked it up like you wouldn't believe because kids if they see the world differently yeah wow 13 she's gonna be yeah. a smart cookie watch yeah. that world that's awesome all right so I'm sure that you have seen many mistakes in the world of chatbots in your time what are some yes. of the biggest ones that you see people make regularly well, I think you actually mentioned one of these earlier and I'm pleased you brought it up. And the first one is that people pretend uh, the chat the chatbots them. Yeah. And, you know, it, they just end up looking stupid with egg on their face because it gets to a point where the chatbot isn't going to be ans- able to answer the question. Um, so we always recommend that people build a chatbot out with a persona and something that really does represent their brand voice so that people know it's a chatbot they're talking to from the get-go. And, you know, laws are now starting to become um, relevant in relation to this as well. California have recently put out that um, on the 1st of July next year, they're going to make it illegal for a bot to pretend it's a human. And Ah. 
I think the rest of the states in America will follow suit fairly quickly and it will end up going through Europe and eventually come down here as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, there's no point pretending. Just have fun with it. And people love interacting with a chatbot. So that would be the first big mistake we've made. And I guess the second one is in relation to understanding sort of the rules and regulations that are in place, especially when it comes to using a chatbot with Facebook Messenger marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook Messenger have this thing called the 24 plus one rule, which basically means that you can't send any promotional stuff out to someone that hasn't interacted with your chatbot within the last 24 hours. And I love this rule. Because what it's doing is it's stopping all the spam and it's stopping, you know, people wrecked email with all the spammy stuff that came out. Yeah. So because this rule's in place, people can't just sort of bulk email people or bulk message people um, with all the spammy content constantly. They have to actually get the person to interact. So it means that the the level of content is higher and that people aren't going to sort of probably for the next 12 to 18 months, maybe two years um, aren't going to be inundated. And that's why now such a good time to be jumping on board with the chatbot because they've been around for about four years. This isn't an old tool, um, but it's really come to the forefront in the last sort of 12, 18 months. Yeah, I'm actually surprised even to hear you say that it's been around for four years. I mean, I, yeah. I suppose I think theoretically I know that, but it is just a hot topic now. Can you just go back over what you just said very briefly there? Did you say, so they can't send you any sales marketing stuff um, if they haven't interacted with the bot within 24 hours? That's, yeah, but there's a really easy way around this face. So basically what would happen is that um, this is called a broadcast message. So it's no different okay. when you're sort of sending out a broadcast through your email. So in Messenger, you can set a broadcast message up and what you do is the very first thing that you have in your broadcast will be a really simple binary question that a person's going to answer. It could be a yes, no answer. It could be a black, white. It could be um, lead sales. And whatever it is, that person's going to push one of those two buttons. And as soon as they've pushed one of those buttons, the clock starts again. And then you can sort of slowly go into you know, making them an offer or um, providing them with some information about a new blog that you've written, asking them if they want to come along to a webinar that you're running that's going to teach them about X, Y, and Z. Um, So it's just a case of knowing what the rules are and then just making sure that you stay within the bounds of them. So I I guess what you're saying then is that you actually can set up your chatbot to go against those rules, but those regulations are in place and, you know, people can pick you up on those. Yeah, it's to stop it's to stop the people that are just blatantly using it as a spam vehicle. Yeah. I think it's so, great. Absolutely great. Yeah, I'm so I do too. To I think that. it's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. look, Facebook are pretty you know what Facebook are like. I think, you know, there's probably a handful of listeners here or even more than that that have either had their account shut down or banned at some point. And yep. I know quite a lot of people that have had their um uh, messenger account closed down, they've had their chatbots closed down and um, and it's because they have been doing the wrong thing. So, yeah. you know, if you if you stick to the guidelines and, and you know what it is that you're meant to be doing, you won't have any problems at all. It's a tool there that can really benefit all businesses. But if you want to play outside those um, sort of boundaries that have been set and I guess be a, a marketing lawbreaker, then you're going to get penalised. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do the right thing, people. Yeah, <laughs> I know it. our listeners do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Now, listeners, if you are sitting there listening to this and thinking that firstly, you would love to avoid all of those chatbot mistakes that Ellie's just gone through. And then secondly, you'd like to lap up more of Ellie's expertise in chat box because I'm looking at the clock thinking, oh my God, we could just sit here for like another six hours telling <laughs> you about this. I'm really pleased to say that Ellie's agreed to be a Shine Masterclass expert and she's going to be taking us through five simple steps to get started with chatbots. And I don't know about you, but that sound, that's music to my ears. The simplicity of it is great. So during the Masterclass, she's going to cover how to get started with chatbots without it costing you a cent or, you know, she'd recommend you go all in and invest kind of $10 a month. So we're not talking about big bucks here. Uh, three ways to generate um, quality leads and what to do with them to keep them engaged. The number one reason the majority of businesses are failing with chatbots and how you can avoid making that costly mistake. How to create a chatbot that will save you a whole heap of time and keep your customers happy and buying. And why now is the ideal time to add a chatbot to your business. So the real fundamentals of you getting started with chatbots. So if you'd like to join us for that masterclass or listen to the recording, just head over to the show notes, which are at Busy Businesswomen dot biz forward slash podcast 26 click on the link to shine sign up and then we look forward to welcoming you into the shine tribe and that's how you're going to get all of this goodness from ellie okay all right so before we wrap up ellie i'd love to know is there a quote or a mantra that's inspired you over the years in your business that you can share with us and what impact it's had on you yeah look i think there's several and it has changed i guess as i've got um, more mature um, but one that really stands out for me all the time is a quote from Yoda because I'm a massive Star Wars fan and I love Yoda's wisdom. And the quote is, yes. do or do not, there is no try. Um, so when I hear myself in business or even in life in general saying the word try, what I end up doing automatically is I visualise myself holding a pen out on my hand and I say to myself, try to pick the pen up because you can't try to do anything. You mm. either pick the pen up or you don't. And, you know, anything in business or in life is exactly the same. You either do it or you don't do it. There's no trying involved. I love that. Completely agree. And I'm going to completely use that now. Uh, I, you should be visualising me with that pen at the end of my hand. I think there's going to be lots of our listeners doing exactly that. So well, do or so. do not, there is no try. Love it. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Now we've taken up bundles of your time. So let me tell our listeners where they can find out a lot more about you. Listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with Ellie, all of her details are going to be in the show notes, which you can find by going to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 26. Or you can jump over and get some of her goodness right now. So you just go to nudgemarketing.com for um, Ellie's website, facebook.com forward slash nudgemarketing.au. Instagram is nudgemarketing and all of these will be in the show notes. But also uh, I want you to sign up for this awesome freebie that Ellie's got. Now she's got a, if you want to see a chat bot in action and get Ellie's report, which is how to explode your business growth using a chat bot, all you need to do is go to nudgemarketing.com forward slash busy. Now, Ellie, what's going to happen to our lovely listeners when they go to that page? So what's going to happen is it's going to take them into their Facebook Messenger and it will show Nudge Marketing. There'll be a blue Get Started button if they haven't interacted with Pixie, our chatbot previously. They click on the Get Started button and then it will just lead them through the conversation. Great. So if you want to see a chatbot in action, um, and we talked about, you know, 
looking at how other people are doing things. So Ellie would be a great person to go and watch. Go over to nudgemarketing.com forward slash busy and get stuck in there. Ellie, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you more. We've got so much in common. I really do hope we get to meet in person, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And also massive thanks for agreeing to do the Shine Masterclass. I'm really looking forward to getting. Thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything that you want to leave us with before you go? Thanks, Faith. I've had an absolute blast. I've really enjoyed answering your questions here today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, listeners, if you have loved listening to Ellie today and you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to go and leave us a review on iTunes, please. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women. And you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you found it valuable. I certainly have. And I appreciate you taking the time out to listen. I'll be back again very, very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to Ellie Hurley from Nudge Marketing and Faye Hollins from BillyBusinessWomen.biz on the Busy Business Women podcast.